Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, and turn on notifications so that you will receive alerts when there are new episodes. Go get it. You're in the right place. You checking out? Chip Baker, the success card. Conquer all my goals, then I'm living out my dream. Dig deep, go out and get it. Success chronicles. Compete until it's finished. Success This is Chip Baker coming to you with another episode of Success Chronicles. And today we have Mrs. Uh, Mia Hall with us. And, uh, you know, her story in a nutshell is from the hood to Harvard and more. <laughs> uh, an amazing story. And she's she's done some great things and she's inspiring many. And um, again, you know, thank you so much for interviewing with the Success Chronicles. Oh, of course. Thank you for having me. All right. Talk to us about your life story. You know, where did it start? And then, you know, take us through the journey up until now. Okay. Well, you know, in a, in a, in some, you know, had a little bit long journey, but in some, I, like you said, went from the hood to Harvard and more. So, uh, started out in the hood, you know, um, and, was was in a single parent household my you know my mom and dad were both teenagers when they had me mm-hmm. um well grew up in the projects you know i remember every day you know waking up going to school having to pass by crack vials and you yeah. know crack heads all around and drug dealers and you know everything like that then going to sleep and hear gunshots outside of my window almost every night um, you know, government assistance, the whole nine, like, you know, just all of that was around me. But honestly, inside was, of course, filled with love, you know, never didn't know we didn't have anything. I mean, shoot, we had the bologna sandwiches, but, you know, those joints were good, you know what I mean? <laughs> bologna and mayonnaise sandwiches, look, when you had without, you, you know, had to do with what you had, so. You yeah, know I, mean? I, I, I know, I know that. I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. so we did the fried bologna sandwich. They're not just saying the only bologna. You had to fry that joint. Hey. You know, Ooh. I I grew up on oodles and noodles and you know, putting Franks inside and making that joint work in like six ways, you know what I mean? So um so I definitely, you know, remember all of that. But one thing I really remember is my family emphasizing education. Like regardless of what when I was growing up, I had to be in an after school program. I had to be you know, um, doing something in the arts. Like my family uh, got me into an arts program that was free. It was in like our 
we have the Project Community Center, so I went to those dance programs, so they had me traveling, you know, all around, um, really, really the city, but um, dancing and things like that. My mom, she was always reading a book, from what I remember, um, you know, my, my grandmother used to keep um, a lot of uh, books in the house, you know what I mean? So I always knew that education was something that you know, I needed to do regardless, like, and that it was going to get me out of my situation. And so I did really well in school. Um, and, always and, in and where was that from? Where is that at that you grew up in the projects? Oh, in Brooklyn, in East New York, Brooklyn. Okay. All right. Because we didn't say that. I wanted to make sure that, that, they, yeah. that they understand that they know where you're from. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. So I'm born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. And, um, and yeah, so that's where I, you know, really learned everything. Um, and, yeah, I was involved with dance, started playing basketball um, in middle school. Um, and we had actually moved to Queens by the time I went to middle school um, and then moved back to Brooklyn. But, you know, I played basketball, came back to Brooklyn, played more basketball, was on a team in my high school, and they they reached out to us to – be involved with a program where you had to be, um, where you just had to be an athlete that was interested in sports. So they said we could go to the city. And once they said that, like they had me like, oh, I could come out, you know, where I am and go to the city, see the bright lights, whatever. And so there they introduced us. The, the program was called Power Play NYC. Love them to death. And they introduced us to women that worked in sports. So every two weeks we would go to a different office and meet women that, you know, maybe they used to be athletes, but, you know, they were, they were not playing on the team. They were managing the team. They were business development, you know, vice presidents and, you know, um, you know, just writers or reporters. And I was like, wow, like, you don't have to, you know, um, be an entertainer. Like the only black women that I saw before that were entertainers, actresses, you know, and people on T or athletes. So that's why I wanted to be right. a WNBA player. But that changed my perspective. So really, that's that's what gave me like an idea of what else was out there, an idea that there are 250 people that work for a team while only 15 people play. And so I was like, hmm, like there's, you know, there's a there's a career in this. That was my light bulb moment. And um, so. So, yeah. So basically, after that, I started taking my education even more seriously, got into Hampton University. Um, and Division One basketball, Lady Pirates, thought I was going to try out for the team and make it so I could still have my hoop dreams. But unfortunately, uh, you know, waiting for that call, that never came. So, <laughs> so you know, uh, maybe they lost my number, got the wrong number. Um, yeah, that's what it was. I don't was. know what it was. Yeah, yeah that's what yeah. it was. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, okay, that's a sign, guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was too good for the team. Maybe that's why they didn't want me to be on there showing <laughs> off. But, um... But yeah, so 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 I um so I was like, let me change my major because they also had a journalism program. Thought I was going to be a VJ if I didn't do basketball or video jockey um, on MTV, TRL specifically, and um, but didn't make that um, journalism program, and so I had to make a decision. So you know, I spoke to my mom, and she was like, well, you know. Um, and I and I my organization is called Brown Girls Glow, and I always talk about you know that we have dim moments in life, but 
you know, the way that we handle them is how we can come out of them and glow. And so, you know, that dim moment, um, you know, I was just like, let me, let me fast and pray, honestly. <laughs> and by the end, I, I felt like God was saying, you know, um, honor your mother and your father. And my mom was like, why don't you do what those ladies did, you know, um, that you saw that worked in sports and things like that. And I was like, you know what, you're right. And so I changed my major to sport management and the rest was history. Um, I loved it. You know, everything went smoothly. Um, I had the opportunity to um, study abroad while I was in in school and and teach kids in China, basketball, but also, you know, English. Um, And then I came back um, the year before I graduated. My pastor was talking about um, actually the church supporting a scholarship, the Harvey Fellowship, where you had to be applying to one of the top schools in your major. And so at that point, I had been thinking about schools, but I didn't think about like any Ivy Leagues or anything like that. So after church, me and my dad laughed about it, like, ha ha ha, what if you went to like Yale or Princeton or something like that? You know, whatever. Like we were just laughing about it. And, and, but I went home because I was like, I need this scholarship money. So if you have to apply to a top school, like, let me go. And let me go and think about it at least. So I looked up, I looked up all the Ivy Leagues. I looked up Harvard last because I was like, it would be the most expensive and the hardest to get into. But after looking at all the programs, I didn't really like anything I saw. So I said, let me look at Harvard. And I saw their programs. I fell in love. I, um, so I, you know, just worked my hardest. I was like, and I felt like God was like, it's not going to be you. It's going to be me working through you. Uh, to get you to and out of that school. So I did my applications uh, and handed them in. And uh, four months later, I got into Harvard. So I studied at Harvard Graduate School of Education um, from 2005 to 2006. Uh, Finished Hampton in three years. Um, Graduated Harvard in one year with my master's. So, you know, four years, um, you know, I got my... uh, undergrad in sport management, my bachelor's in sport management, and my graduate degree um, in, in education. Hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on. So, <laughs> so you said in three years, you got your bachelor's from Hampton, and in one year, you got your master's from Harvard. Right. right. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> God is good. Yes, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, but then that was the glow, right? But then yeah. after that, boom, back down to a dim moment because, because I did everything so fast. I mean, I was 21 when I graduated um, from Harvard. So, you know, and I didn't have any much work experience. Like by that time, thankfully, I did get an internship with the Knicks. Um, but that was like the only like real office experience I had. So it took me a year to look for a job. So, you know, but during that year, I was grinding. I was on that New York hustle. I was like, you know, I worked for Power Play. I went back to them, worked for the organization that helped me out. Um, and I was actually like a year into it, I was substitute teaching. I did an internship at a film company, which is kind of fast forward to where I am now. Um, but, you know, I, I remember one of my mentors from Power Play telling me she worked on her speech. Her speech is very, you know, very intensely. And every speech that she had recently like got her a job. Like, I think it was like in between like two or three year periods. So I was like, well, I need a job. So let me work on this speech because Power Play was having a luncheon. And I worked on a speech and 
um, we were honoring the president of the WNBA. So um, I said my speech and then the president of the WNBA um, was getting her award. And the first thing that she said was like, anybody like anybody that can speak like that about their organization should work for me. So Mia, I want you on my team. And that's how I got my first. (laughs) Yes. That's how I got my first job in sports because the president of the WNBA at the time, Donna Orinder, she heard my speech and she like hired me on the spot basically. So, so yeah, so I did that and worked at WNBA. Um, but even working at the WNBA, I knew that I wanted to be back with the students because like I said, sport management and education, there was this high school of sport man. There was a high school of sports management, um, that, you know, married my degrees like perfectly. And so, um, so they had an opportunity there. I was also substitute teaching there. Um, so I, I went to work for them and, and, um, worked with it, worked with them for five years, teaching, teaching young people, the same thing that I learned, like, you don't have to be on the court. You can be an agent. You can be, you know, you can own a team. Like, why not try to be a team owner? And we see, you know, the benefits of that with what happened with Kaepernick and the NFL and things like that. So, you know, we need to diversify those those positions in sports. And so I was able to pour into young people for five years um, about that. And I'm giving you the very long version of the story, I know. No, no, no. You're good. <laughs> but, That's- that's that's why we're in. <laughs> it's a great story. <laughs> yes. So um, so yeah. But three years in, I have been. You know, um, I, actually, they needed a website, so they helped me to do more media and things like that. And um, and I wanted to go back to the NBA uh, and, and you know do some more things because the position that I had there, there wasn't any growth. Like I was in a almost administrative position um, to where I was helping out the students. I was the only one there with the sport management degree, but it wasn't like I was aiming to be a principal or anything like that. Cause I really wanted to do like supplemental education or out of school time, like after school programs that I, that I feel like helped me to improve and succeed in the classroom. So anyhow, I heard the nets were coming to Brooklyn and I was like, I gotta be there. And so, you know, and also, I um I started to do more media. I started my blog. This was in like 2000 and maybe 11. And then at the end of that year, through my mentor, Alfred Edmond, got the opportunity to start writing sports business stories for Black Enterprise. And so that's really, you know, um, how I got my professional start in media. But I, you know, started working for the, the school, started building their website, started reporting for them, started writing for Black Enterprise. Um, stayed in touch with somebody at the Nets for two years when they were opening up the arena. She said she thought of me and um, I came in as their first community manager, um, helping them to uh, liaise with, you know, those nonprofit organizations and schools in Brooklyn. So, you know, did that for three years, um, left there in January of 2016. Um, then, you know, was doing my own thing, speaking. Uh, you know, really around the country at different schools, um, really sharing this message of, you know, um, from the hood to Harvard, you know, how I did it and how you can go from 
whatever your goal is to its fulfillment, to its from dreams to reality, right? And so um, then had an opportunity to work at NBC BLK. So NBC News has uh, four diversity sites, and one of them is NBC BLK, which covers like black stories and black music and things like that. So I was able to work at 30 Rockefeller Center. Uh, that story is even longer, but you know, was able to do that for a year, reporting for them um, around the country too. Um, and then that ended in April of last year. Um, then was still, you know, on my entrepreneurial uh, tip. Um, was, you know, still freelance writing uh, for Bleacher Report, for Black Enterprise, and then started working temporarily on Black Enterprise's research team in the office for, um, for about six months. And then um, in, on December 31st, moved here um, to Los Angeles to, to um, continue working in media, but also um, see, what, see what more I can contribute to um, contribute to the to the media world like as far as content development man some really cool experiences that you've been that you've been blessed to have and i think that i think it's really cool that not not only uh you've had experiences that 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 you've done but how you're using those to benefit and help others and i think that it's always good when we you know can help with that with that ripple effect to make things better, you know, just like you said, you know, there was the company that, that helped you, you know, I had to go back and help them help other people. Right. Absolutely. And I thought that, I think that that's really cool. And I think that that's, that's what it's about at the end of the day, you know? Absolutely. What are three things that you've accomplished that you're proud of? So I would say one graduating college honestly period um because i was basically like the first in my family to graduate college so that was big for me um graduated from harvard i mean even though that's you know maybe we could put that into one but you know graduating from harvard definitely you know i i think that i inspire all the young women when i let them know where i came from and you know being able to do that like you know not many people have so definitely that um and and not giving up um not to you know not not giving up on my dream um and and moving moving out here like even most recently like i can't say that i know the results of moving out here yet but taking risks like you know and just saying you know what this is what i have to do this is what i'm gonna do so and just doing it yeah What's your definition of success? My definition of success is the ability to do what makes you happy, right? So I think that success is definitely more than just money, but I think that you're successful when you're able to do what makes you happy and you know, live off that, right? So that's that's my definition of success. When you can do what makes you happy and 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 that's you know and you and you set out to do something and you accomplish it. Like that's my definition of success. Okay. What is what do you think it takes to achieve success? Right. So definitely a lot, but I would say the biggest thing is faith, 
right? Mm. Belief. Because it all starts here. It all starts in your mind. Um, your mind definitely influences um, your attitude. Your mindset actually influences your attitude. Your attitude determines your approach and your approach determines success or failure. And so that's what I always think about. Like, what am I thinking about? What am I thinking about? Your words create your world, right? So I'll go back to the NBC story. In December of 2015, I had an appointment in, I had an appointment near Rockefeller Center, right? So I'm taking the train. It's a regular day for me. Taking the train, you know, for, I got off at Rockefeller Center train station and I'm in the, I'm in the train station. I see the sign for NBC because it's right there. But, but I'd never, maybe I passed it before, but that day just stood out to me. I'm still working at the Nets at this time. So you know, I go upstairs and I'm like, man, there goes the experience store. So, you know, how they have the gift shop with all the pictures and, you uh-huh. know, they had a, the Today Show desk. And, you know, they had pictures of Tamron Hall when she used to work there. And, you know, Amia Hall is like, oh, my cousin, you know, things like that. <laughs> so I had I'd been doing my media thing, producing myself, you know, just working hard, hustling, hustling, hustling. And I remember putting on my vision board that HBCU Prime, uh, a show that I have on YouTube, um, would be on NBC one day. Actually, it was MSNBC, but, you know, I put the sign next to the sign. So I'm like, let me go in the experience store and just dream. Like, for some reason, it was in me, like, I just want to go in there and, like, see myself there because I know you have to, to, you have to see it. No, you have to believe it, see it, achieve it. So, or see it, believe it, achieve it. So I was like, let me just see, you know, believe myself at NBC. And, um, And so I went on Periscope. Because uh, I love media, so at the time Periscope was big. Periscope, I guess, is still big. But anyway, I went on Periscope, and I was, you know, talking to my friends like, "Hey, yeah, I'm at the NBC store. This is where I'm gonna be. This is where my show is gonna be." You know, so I just was like talking to them. It could have been like an hour, and you know, we were just. I was like, "Yeah, this is my new coworkers." Like, you know, just looking at the pictures, and you know, I took a picture at the Today Show desk. Like, you know, welcome to today. Like. You know, just seeing myself there and not thinking anything of it. Like, I didn't apply for any jobs there, nothing. So, you know, I did that. And then fast forward um, in January, when I had to transition out of my job, I sent an email to my to my friends like, hey, you know, I'm looking for, you know, something in media and something where I can uplift Black people and get the message out Um you know, because I hated what was happening um, on the news. Like every time a black person, first of all, the attack on black people, you know, by the police or by America, period, right? Um, disproportionately killing them um, by the at the hands of the killing of them at the hands of police, and then the depictions of them. You know, every everything is a gang picture. You know, you got to put that up and da 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 whatever. Mm-hmm. And so many stereotypes were just so rampant. So I was like, no, the way that I can contribute to this movement is by getting more positive images of people of color out there. So anyway, sent that email out and somebody emailed me like, hey, NBC BLK, you know, is looking for associate producer. This was the first of, you know, the first associate producer that they hired um, or they had to hire. And, you know, and fast forward, you know, like I guess two, a couple interviews later, um, I got the job. And so, you know, just, I dreamed that up. So anyway, all that to say, I believe that one of the things is belief or like my biggest thing is belief. And then after you believe, 
you have to speak it. Like, you know, I had to, I not only went to the office, I surrounded myself with the thing, with, um, you know, with the people and things like that. So I saw it um, and I spoke it, you know, I will be at NBC, I will work here. So you have to speak it. Um, and, and then you have to take action. Like, you know, I emailed people, but also I was working on my own thing. So you have to take action in order to be successful. You can't just say, oh, this is my year, but don't do anything in order to actually make it a year. Like you have to go get it. God puts his promises within our reach, not in our hands. And so you have to reach up and get it. You have to work for it. You have to do things to be able to bring you to it. So those are the three things I would say, believe it, make sure you speak it, and then go do something about it. And go get it. Go get it. That's right. it. Or oh, thank you so much for interviewing with the Success Chronicles. Yes. And thank you for no everything that, that you're doing and have done. And, uh, you know, praying that you have continued success and good luck to you out there in Hollywood. <laughs> thank you. Uh-huh. And thank you guys for watching this episode. We'll see you next time. God bless. Go get it.